Listen, everybody, welcome to V Forever. This is episode 32. I'm your host, V. Follow me on Instagram at V Forever Network. We doing the reels now. We doing different things right now. We trying to put in different flavors in your ear. You come with the flavor in your ear. And then um, Twitter.com. Oh, my God. Twitter.com. Get the Twitter app and follow Young V Forever. And it's spelled just like the podcast. V for number four. Ever as one word, everybody, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We we going on YouTube pretty soon. I'm waiting on something to come in. And also, don't forget, there's things coming in the pipeline. I know that I missed last week, so I gave y'all an episode on Wednesday, and I know that episode had me talking in two different ways. I can explain that exactly. Cause when I when I be putting in the um <clears throat> The audio into the when I be saving the podcast, I just get the most previous episode and I delete the audio for the audio and then put the new audio for the podcast. So I forgot that I had made a mistake last episode and had split the audio. So I deleted one piece, but not the other. So that's what happened right there. But it is what it is on that one. I gave y'all an episode on Wednesday. I hope y'all enjoyed it. We were talking MMA. It was all MMA. And then like like Boba Fett in the middle of MMA talk at the same time. Which is like, that's like meta. Like some sort of meta experience going on. Like you're, you're like in two different worlds at once. And speaking of the metaverse. That shit is scary, yo. Like, there's, like, that video of, like, what's his name? Mark Zuckerberg offering people barbecue sauce, and then he's, they say no. And then Mark Zuckerberg, and it's all, like, the VR metaverse. And it's just a skit. But then he gets mad, and then he, like, stabs you. And then it's, like, the metaverse headset is tightening. And there will be... um there has been a team sent to take your life. They will be there in two minutes. Notice how the, your headset is tightening. Soon you won't be able to take it off. It was like, it was kind of funny, but it's scary. I'm not scared of Mark Zuckerberg, the person. It's more of positions of power that I'm not necessarily scared of positions of power. More weary than every, anything. Than everything. <laughs> more weary than everything else. Because... These motherfuckers are kind of crazy anyway. They're a little creepy, to be honest. There's not... 
Okay, there's some cool billionaires because Jay-Z and Ye are, are billionaires now. More Jay-Z than Ye when it comes to cool. I wouldn't, because I wouldn't call Kanye cool. Like, not anymore. Like, he's, he's a really, he's a, he's a, it's a lot, he's a once in a generation artist. Super successful philanthropy. Uh, how are you successful in philanthropy? But he's super successful in clothing and all sorts of things and ideas. Just a great, a creative genius, if you will, of our time. Almost like a DiCaprio. <laughs> Why do I always go there? I was, I was about to say a Leonardo DiCaprio of our time. He is a, he is a Da Vinci of our time. He is a Da Vinci of our time for sure. He for sure is, but. I wouldn't say he's cool anymore. Uh, I think that he kind of stopped being cool around Yeezus because, like, when he was, like, doing the houseway and this and that, he, he kind of lost, like, it's not, like, cool in the sense of, like, swaggy, <laughs> like, being swaggy because, like, I'm sure people think he's swaggy, but I just don't think he's cool in the sense that I could hang out with him. But it would be cool if he was on this podcast. No, it wouldn't, though. The episode would blow up, but I feel like people like that, they have their own agenda that they want to talk about. Like, they have their own topics that they will constantly scroll to. Like, not scroll, but, like, go to. And they're, like, media trained, so they will always answer in ways that lead back to their narrative. And I don't want this show to ever be about a certain person's narrative. Like, I want to get other people's perspectives because soon we will have guests other than Ben. Shout out to Ben, the weird book dude. Instagram, Ben, the weird book dude. Follow that. Shout out to him, but we're going to get people with different perspectives. But I never want this to this show to just be about one narrative. And this show is going to take a life of its own pretty soon. And I don't want that life to be something I don't want it to be, such as oh, like kind of like how Joe Rogan's podcast became the like the the right wing podcast, and he's not even right wing; he just is skeptical as hell about COVID nineteen. And fair enough, man. Fair enough. Everybody should be skeptical of skeptical about all this shit. None of this shit is 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 a hundred percent um trustworthy, and. This whole uh this distrust that there is in the in the media right now is probably because of how how much bullshit they put out all the time. And the problem is is that it's not going to they're not going to stop putting out bullshit. They're just going to keep getting less and less trustworthy. And eventually I don't think we're going to have people to trust. I don't know if 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 Joe's in the if if the Republicans are in the pocket of Joe in Joe's pocket. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if he's saying his opinions because of that. And I don't think that it's a Republican thing to think that COVID-19 has become a a, a thing. Like it's become a thing. More it's become more than a virus. It's become a talking point. It's become a political allegiance. <laughs> like uh, like the way you feel about COVID says what you feel about politics. And that's bullshit. Like that's bullshit. Everybody should be able to think whatever the fuck they want and not give a shit. Well, not not give a shit. 
everybody should be responsible for their opinion and their action, but everybody should be allowed to think however they want and accept the consequence. And the consequence should never be that you get labeled as whatever the new label is. And that's how I feel about that. If you want to get vaccinated, go ahead, get the jab. <laughs> I got vaccinated. I didn't get boosted, but that that's supposed to happen. I was supposed to get boosted, but I got COVID. And so I was like, I don't know if I get boosted while having COVID. I'm going to get too much COVID. <laughs> I'm going to get too much. And then, you know, my ass is about to be grass in this bitch. <laughs> my ass is about to be grass. But look, um. Let's move on with the show. Let's move on with the show. I wanted to talk about why. Okay, I missed last week. Uh, I already talked about how I was. Uh, I watched a wrestling show. It was AEW. They came down to the city, and they. It was AEW Rampage. It was a good show. It was. It was actually my first live event since. Uh, I guess twenty nineteen. Since 2019, my first live event, and it was so good, man. It felt so good because it feels good to be around wrestling fans. You forget because if you're a wrestling fan, if you love pro wrestling and you're around other pro wrestling fans, you get all the jokes, like wrestling Twitter jokes. You get, you kind of just get everything that's happening, and you just feel like that's when that's when it's okay to be a sheep, like. See, because everybody wants to be a leader, but everybody needs to be a follower first, right? And I think that a, a wrestling show is the most appropriate time to just be sheeple. Like, like that's the best. That's the that's the most appropriate time to just be sheep. It is. It is when you're at a pro wrestling show and church. Those are the only appropriate times to be sheep because, well, first of all, let me talk, let me clear that up because so that nobody's offended so that everybody knows what I mean because everybody knows what I mean. Being a sheep is a bad thing now, but listen, <laughs> I mean, weren't we called out to be fishers of men? Aren't we the lost sheep that the shepherd would do anything to find? What's wrong with being sheep? First of all, and then it, it, it. Second of all, fuck the noise. I said what I said. That's the second of all, and, and so that's what I'm saying. The pro wrestling shows and well, church and pro wrestling shows are the only appropriate times to be sheep. Oh, yeah. No, I was gonna say concerts, but some of these artists be trying to get the crowd going to do some shit, and 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 that's not right. So that's why I don't I don't follow artists when it comes to that. Uh, pro wrestling is so safe. It is like it, the environment is so safe. You will not like. There's things that you won't see. Like you go to a concert. There's weed smoke in the air. Nothing wrong with that. But there's egos. There's egos, and there's possibilities in the crowd. But at a pro wrestling show. A fight will rarely break out in the audience, of course. And the egos, the only egos in a pro wrestling show 
is the egos in the ring because they're they're so massive these egos are so massive that there is no room for the audience to have one there's no room for the audience to act up the only acting up we're doing is if we see a nigga we hate in that ring we letting them know fuck you nigga fuck you nigga Fuck you, nigga. <laughs> we going in. And, and the more rowdy the crowd is, I love that shit. Because there's certain crowds that you'd be in. There's certain crowds where yes, chanting, fuck you, nigga, clap, 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 is scary. That's a scary thing that could be happening. Like, you don't want that. You don't want to be in there. Because that's just a, like that's just a scary thing that would happen. And you you think that something's about to go wrong because the person on stage is probably gonna retaliate and everybody might be running out like he the person on stage might pull out the Glock 40 and air it out and everybody needs to run and then tr- people are getting stampeded and trampled and, and it's unsafe. But the person on the stage in a wrestling show, his only job is to get you to say, fuck you, nigga, clap, 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 clap. That's his only job. And when he's when he hears you say that, you just made that nigga nut. Okay. <laughs> Pause. I, I meant nigga's nut. Like, as in, like, when somebody say, you just made my nut, not made me nut, made my nut, as in, like, I got my cash from this like i need to get this like i need to sell 40 houses to get my nut that it's it's a phrase that's not sexual first of all (laughs) it's a phrase that's not sexual i didn't mean it that way i just got excited man i love this shit cm punk came out look in my eyes what do you see Perfect personality. Listen, man. I used to run to that song. Like Mussolini and Gandhi. Oh, oh. Perfect personality. Or cult of personality. Anyway. <laughs> it was so good to see CM Punk. I'd never seen him live. And then ever since he came back to wrestling, it's been so cool. He talked about Batista in a cool way and just how everybody in pro wrestling exists together. It was such a good thing. I I, I just, it was such a good time. I want to go to a bigger show next time because Rampage is like the smaller show and Dynamite is the big show. Sorry, y'all. I'm not a morning person. <clears throat> I'm literally not a morning person. And it's taken me a long time to figure that out. When I wake up in the morning, I think I need a humidifier and, and like, tea every morning. Or, like, a humidifier at night and then drink tea or something in the morning. Because I just wake up with the the hawks and the lugs and the... Like, you guys hear that? Like, this the, just a thing. Like, I just wake up with a thing. And then throughout the day, I'm perfect. And then it, and then at night, I'm perfect. But then when I wake up, it's like, ugh. 
<laughs> and I'm recording this episode in the morning so that you guys can get it today. Uh, and it's Friday today. Usually I record, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. I, I always record Thursday nights. And I think that doing this in the morning, honestly, is giving a, it's giving a different vibe, to be honest. It's giving a different vibe because I, I have the energy, because my energy is only going to go up for the rest of the day. And when I'm doing an episode on Friday, my energy's going down. Even though I give y'all some energy, my energy's really going down. This is this, That's me on a come down from the day. And I usually record at around 10 p.m. or something like that so that I release it at midnight. But anyway, enough about how the whatever is made. Let's get to some topics. <clears throat> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I wanted to give y'all an update on my Tupac. My Tupac journey because I finished... His second album and his compilation album. Well, I guess his group album. His second album, Strictly for My Niggas. Okay. <clears throat> I wanted to give y'all a... Because uh, I don't think that... I don't. I really don't think that I talked about that at any point. Yeah, I looked at episode 30. The notes for episode 30. I did not talk about that. So, Okay. So, okay, let's talk about Strictly For My Niggas before we talk about his third technical release, but it wasn't, like, under his own name. It was a group, Thug Life, and we don't need to talk about who was part of that group. I, y'all don't give a shit, and we don't need to give a shit. We're here to talk about the Tupac and, and lead to his Machiavelli uh, album, which the retrospective will be critical. <clears throat> Strictly for my niggas is probably Tupac's worst album. That being said, it has some of his best songs and it has some gems. Point the finger, the middle, boom, boom, boom on your black ass. Point the finger, the middle. That song, um, point the finger. And uh, what else was it? It was, uh, oh, yeah. These are my last words. With Ice Cube and Ice T, last words. Uh, holla if you're here, man. Here we go, turn it up, don't start. From rock to block, we catching hearts and breaking marks. And the po- police ain't fed me and made me. We can have peace someday, G. But right now, I got my mind set up. Thinking of the barrel on my nine, give it up. It's time to make the payback, Jack. To my brothers in the back, let them stay strapped. Black. And accept no substitutes. I bring troops to the hoops, still a hoops, still a little tooth. No, no, I won't turn the other cheek. Just in case, still another Bernie in a week. Now we gotta make it smash. Cash. How long will it last till the poor get more cash? Until they raise up to my young black male raise up life's a rest don't stress test be taking but you're living bless <laughs> see when i free with not when they shut me in that's in the back back to the back because now the boys got your back because in the streets i'm better than the hell yeah <laughs> okay, okay okay i don't know the right <laughs> i tried i'm too clearly holla if you hear me <laughs> that's when he had that voice that's when that that iconic voice is finally coming out. The baby. The baby. In his second album, that's when it's really coming out. But the album itself is his worst album. And we're talking about his living releases. Although it has Keep Your Head Up and I Get Around, 
two of his most iconic songs. This was truly, Strictly For My Niggas was truly a continuance of Tupacalypse Now, but <clears throat> the thing that's significant about this album, it, it is post-movies, even though Tupacalypse Now is after Juice, this is post-movie Tupac, and <clears throat> actually Tupacalypse Now might not be after Juice, I can Google that, just take it with a grain of, grain of salt, Tupac is... More famous than he ever was at Strictly For My Niggas. And <clears throat> by more famous than he ever was, I mean he is more famous in 1993 than he ever had been in his life to that point. As in, from 1971 when he was born to 1993, he had never been more famous. And <clears throat> you could see the, uh, the gears shifting. Of, in his life of struggling with how people are dealing with him there's even that one song, i forget i don't know which song it is my attitude was shitty message to the censorship committee who's the biggest gang of niggas in the city my attitude is shitty i think that's soldier's revenge but <clears throat> there's <clears throat> he speaks more and more on how there's people trying to get at him now that he's famous and he's struggling with that. It's still fuck the police. It's still we need we need y'all to change. We need better existence. This is still social activist Tupac. And this is still like let's go. But there's more venom. There's more venom in this uh album. It's a lot more venom and it's a lot less musical. I, I don't know how to explain that. It's a lot less musical as his first album was. And I think that that's when you think about the sophomore slump. Your second album might be your worst album. And I, I think Tupac suffered from that. The album isn't bad, though. This is not to say it's not bad. I just, I just think that Tupacalypse Now is a classic piece of work. And Strictly For My Niggas is a, it's a transitional piece of work. This is Tupac getting to who we knew him to be. These are the steps that, that took him that in that direction. With the venom that he had, with the things happening around his life, and <clears throat> I and then when we get we can transition now from Strictly for My Niggas to his next album that he would release in nineteen ninety four because this man released an album every year. This man was releasing an album every year up until he, oh, I guess he took a two-year break. So I'm guessing Juice came after Tupacalypse now. From 91 to 93, he came out He came out with Tupacalypse now. Two years later, Strictly For My Niggas comes out. And then after that is when, in 94, instead of dropping a, a um, release of Instead of dropping a release of uh, of a solo album, he gets with his guys. Some of these members would be part of the Outlaws, and some of these members you would just hear on other tracks. And <clears throat> I think it's important to note that when when you think about how Tupac always had the same people in all of his songs, like in every song that has a feature, it's mostly the same guys, you have to understand that Tupac's career was like five years long. It was like five or six years long. And 
it was it it went by fast if you want to if you really want to think about it he did not have a long moment he didn't last long in the game and it wasn't his choice i mean obviously the man was murdered it, you know it, it wasn't his choice to not last that long but when you hear stretch big psych the outlaws Gaddafi, and all them they had different names in thug life that i don't care to mention like i'm going to be honest here i don't care to mention uh, it was like one of them was like called Macadocious, rated R, and like it is what it is. Like he he had a song. This is uh Thug Life, Thug Life. The album is Tupac transitioning in multiple ways. He's becoming the California representative. This is the first time he mentions that pretty much. Although I'm sure in Strictly For My Niggas he was hanging in California. <clears throat> this is when he becomes, this is when he's established as a West Coast artist. There's like a little bit of G-Funk going on. There's more of, yeah, there's, there's a little more of like that, that Dre-ish sound that he created. That Dre, that Dre created for the West Coast. There's a little more of that going on. Because if you noticed in his first two albums, it was, I think it was a very East Coast sound to be honest. It was a very East Coast sound, very hip hoppy. Like it was very hip hoppy, hip like of the time. It was of the time that hip hop. And I'm not saying he moved away from that because some of these songs does have that situation. But when you hear "Bury Me a G," well, 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 like the like the sampling of some things, it sounds different. And this album's way more musical than "Strictly for My Niggas." Thug Life Volume 1 is the name of this album, of course. There was never a Volume 2, but this is the Thug Life album. The best way to put it was this was Tupac's turning point from revolutionary to mental health rapper. Because because I always say that Tupac was the original. Why? Well, okay, there might have been more before him, but listen, school me if you know. School me. School me. And I'll shut the fuck up. But until that day, somebody comes and tells me otherwise, Tupac was the original mental health rapper. I know there's mine playing tricks on me. Um, but when did that song come out? Hold up. When did mine playing tricks on me? My mind's playing tricks on me. Oh, 91? Okay. That's one of the original mental health songs. And then Cream is another mental health song. Uh, Hip-hop always has some mental health aspects, to be honest. But nevertheless, Tupac was is a prominent mental health rapper. I will say that. I will say that. He is the one talking about depression, suicidal thoughts, drowning his sorrows, uh, staying high because he can't cope with life situations situations and this was his turning point he was talking more about death and darker themes he was he was struggling more with this fame aspect and i think that tupac i always say that and i'll say it more in my my machiavelli retrospective tupac was a casualty of his time tupac was a casualty of 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 his situation he was he was in a 
he was in an unknown kind of territory, I believe. Like, there was no real, there was really no real way of, uh, of preparing Tupac for the life that he would live after becoming famous. Like, there was no, because there was, he was a, in a different lane in general. So, it, he was a victim of his time, to be honest. Like, that's the sad part, because he was a young man at the same time. So, this Thug Life album, it is a sneaky album. Like, it is it is full of, like, pretty, pretty much, if you don't know, if you hear a Tupac song and you're like, I don't know this shit, it's probably off this album. Because it's like, I feel like it's one of his lesser known albums and people don't really think about it when it comes to like the, um, the discography of the man. They always, I feel like they only think about me against the world and all eyes on me, to be honest. But, and then like (laughs) his posthumous releases, which are not, they are not, they are not releases in my eyes. Like these are don't count at all. I will never talk about these. But we'll, when we get to that to that um to that point where we're talking the the retrospective, you'll feel what I'm saying through the research that I made and the points that I'm gonna make based off the research. You'll see what I mean exactly. I deleted those albums and now I'm listening to Me Against the World. I'll give more of an in depth thing next episode on how I feel about Me Against the World. But that was kind of my segment. That was kind of my segment on that. On talking about Tupac because that's the next project that's the big project to be honest that's that's our big thing this is what's going to get V forever on the map uh this next retrospective is going to set up for the next couple retrospectives I already got some lined up to be honest I have some lined up the it's going to be uh Illuminati and the seven day theory that's going to be my very first one but another album that I'm looking at that needs a retrospective no i'm not going college dropout no no i'm gonna challenge i'm gonna i'm trying to challenge people when they hear when they watch the retrospective to either first listen to the entire album and then watch the retrospective or go back to the album's after they know about the after they've learned from the retrospective videos that I'm going to be making. So this is going to have albums that I think are that I think made an impression on me and that that people don't really think about often. And honestly, my next one after Illuminati and the Seven Day Theory will probably be Long Live the Kane by Big Daddy Kane. And I, I'm excited to just ride around to that and listen to that because Big Daddy came to me is like he he's like one of the coolest motherfuckers of all time. When it comes like if you look at the album cover, I'm I'm not even I already know what it looks like. It's like it's like Big Daddy Kane wearing a bunch of chains and he's like sitting down looking Greek and shit next to a bunch of other Greek chicks that aren't really Greek and. He has the flat top or something. Yeah, he definitely has a flat, like, or something. And they're, like, feeding him. He It's like a, it's, he's, like, a, a super player vibe. And it's, he was a super player MC. Like, it, he's, like, the cool, the cool, 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 cool. So cool. 
so damn cool. But that's kind of my, my dreams when it comes to the retrospectives. Just getting albums that made an impression on me and talking about the albums, the albums, things surrounding the time of the album or how the the artists must have felt while they were putting this out, what it meant to me at the time of listening to it. Probably talk about like the year that I heard it, how I felt when I first heard it. And I think that the Kaluminati video is going to be a little funny when it comes to like my experience with it because I heard it when I was so young. I was probably four years old or something. I still remember it. I remember hearing bombs first, bomb first and being scared. But <laughs> like and just in general, like the 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 whole vibe of that song. And even Hail Mary was a little scary to me. And then the video was a little scary to me. Like, it was some things that were just like, I'm t I, I was definitely too young to get exposed to some of these things. But I definitely uh, appreciate it nonetheless. I wanted to move on. Actually, I was going to talk about shows that I'm watching right now. But I'm, I'm having a little bit of difficulty with shows right now. I'm, I've been watching Peacemaker, John Cena. I've been watching Judge Steve Harvey. I love Steve Harvey. I wanted to give Euphoria season two a chance. I saw that second ep that first episode. I wanna I'm gonna probably watch the second episode today. But I've been like I started the second episode and I'm like, dude, I don't fucking like this show. I really don't like this show. Like I really don't It's something about cause it's high schoolers. I'm 26, so I was in high school. I remember high school. It wasn't like Euphoria. <laughs> it wasn't like Euphoria. There weren't murderous people. At least I wasn't hanging out murderous people. I had a good group of friends who I loved, and we had a good time. We had a fucking great time. We were more, what show would I even compare our friendship to? Not Impractical Jokers, but like, it was in the vein of friend, not and definitely not Jackass. I've been watching the Jackass movies over again. The second movie where fucking Bam takes like a dildo up the ass, like <laughs> these fucking guys, man, man, that was a moment. Listen, and I'm definitely gonna watch um Jackass next Friday, the new Jackass. I have to. I gotta watch Jackass three today so I can finish that. So fuck Euphoria. Let me just say why I don't like Euphoria. Then let me jump back into Jackass. <laughs> Euphoria is about a drug addict teenager. And I know this is based off the experience of the of the person, the man who made the show. And I get that there's so many elements to this show that are different than most. The There's like I I think this is the first time you see a trans character as like one of the leads. Honestly, I think it is. At least the first time I've seen it. And, okay, and this is a good move in diversity, right? I think that where it falls flat is that I don't fucking like that shit. And by that shit, I mean the show itself. Like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> I said I don't like that shit right after talking about a trans uh, character. That's not what I meant, of course. I don't like that shit as in that they're doing because I know what the fuck they're doing. There, there's so much fucking nudity in this show. There's so much fucking, like, there's so much shit happening in this show. And 
My problem is, and and I sound like a fuck right now, right? Like an old fuck. But listen, I'm not an old fuck. I'm a real ass nigga when it comes down to it at the end of the motherfucking day. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I will be real about this shit. These motherfuckers are, none of these motherfuckers are, are high schoolers. <clears throat> none of these actors are high schoolers. Zendaya doesn't have an ass, but she's not underage. She's like 24, 25. She might be 26 like me. Listen. <laughs> Listen, y'all. These are college-aged individuals. College-aged individuals. And... They're portraying teenagers. And I'm not saying this is and this is where people are going to argue with me. Oh, you just want high a real high schoolers to be doing this shit? No, nah, motherfucker. I want college aged people doing a show about this shit and it'd be fine. But be in motherfucking college. Be in college. Y'all don't feel that there's something wrong about this show when you're seeing dicks and shit and it's high schoolers, even though, okay, even though in real life these people are of age, thus allowed to show nudity, they're portraying high schoolers. Y'all don't think that's fucking weird? Like, and, and here's the thing, and here's the beautiful part about this audience that I'm talking to right now, because fuck the kids. I don't want y'all. I don't want y'all as my audience because y'all going to say, well, listen, that's real life. You ain't really been a kid for a long time. <laughs> fuck you, first of all. Fuck you, first of all. Fuck you, first of all. I don't give a fuck about what you think. <laughs> like, 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 you don't fucking pay taxes. You don't know what the fuck you're doing in this life. In this fucking world, you don't know what the fuck this world is about. It is about fucking death and destruction in this bitch. Anyway, <laughs> that's my advice for the kids. This shit is about death and destruction. Move out the way and stay out of harm's way. And I'm right in a certain ex to a certain extent to certain lifestyles. That's what the fuck this whole shit is about. But listen, make a college show as bad as you want it to be, and make it about college students going. What is the difference of euphoria? What is the difference? If instead of Rue being a 17 or 16-year-old or a 17-year-old, what is the difference between her just being 22, being a sophomore in college, or being a, a junior in college? What's the difference? What's the difference if in that first episode when there's like when her introduction of how fucked up she is, it shows all of the bullshit and fast forward of her high school experience and it could be fucked up just like the show but the rest of the show's in college what's the difference between that why the fuck is hbo do like why are they allowing this shit and i'm not saying what not 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 why are they allowing this shit why is this shit being made i understand that this is going to be like oh so that young people know the effects of drugs and how addiction can ruin the relationships and all of this motherfucker you think that kids are watching this shit first of all they are watching this shit i know there's an adult audience i know this was made for an adult audience but you know the kids are watching this shit. And you know why? Because it's fucking kids as the main character of the show. The kids know 
that this is about high schoolers. And when I say the kids, I'm talking about the high schoolers. Because those motherfuckers are kids. Even though they think they ain't kids, they think they grown. Motherfucker, if you get into the real world, that shit's going to eat you alive. <laughs> I'm not trying to be negative because that's not even my experience of the real world. It didn't eat me alive. But I'm saying it's going to eat you alive, motherfucker, trying to be like these motherfuckers on HBO. That's what I'm gonna, That's what I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. You trying to be like these motherfuckers. Cuz that's what you cuz the kids are trying to be what they see on TV. You tell me, you tell me you didn't watch 36 Mafia go to Hollywood and you didn't start singing um fuck I'm not a man. What you staring at? I ain't a mirror. What you staring at? I ain't a mirror. What you staring at, ho? What you staring at? What you staring at, ho? What you staring at? You ain't start singing that. You tell me you didn't watch Flavor of Love and you didn't just want to have a reality show where women fight for your honor. <laughs> you you tell me you didn't watch I Love New York and didn't think you kind of liked New York. You, didn't, you tell me you didn't watch Making a Band and think, I kind of want to be part of Bad Boy. Let's be real about this shit. And that's where we go into jackass because the same shit goes true. Watching like Scarred, The Wild Boys, Jackass, that shit made a whole generation of white boys uh, da not dangerous, but do dangerous shit. So you're telling me <clears throat> if I watch somebody, and it's in the context too, if I watch somebody do all this shit and... Nothing fucking bad really happens to them because they're the main character. This shit's going to last at least seven seasons. Nothing bad's going to happen. Nigga, let me, give, let me just do seven seasons of these drugs. This motherfucker did fentanyl and was fine at the end of the day. Are we being serious? Is that what we're telling? Is that what we're showing? I know that this is experience, true to life. This is guttural. This is visceral. But why are we making high schoolers do that shit? And I'm not, and, and, okay, and because this is real life, because this really high school is doing this shit, because it's real, but, but there's really innocent kids not doing that shit, and these kids are getting exposed to that shit, and these kids are going to get peer pressured by these motherfuckers who are doing this shit because of how cool this shit is, and you know what? It is what it is. I don't give a fuck what they do. I'm just saying that show is trash at the end of the day, and it has nothing to do Okay, it has a lot to do with the age of the kids, to be honest. It has a lot to do with it. Because that shit matters to me, honestly. Like portraying portraying high school portraying underage people doing all this shit, it's a little fucking much. And and I'm not saying in a way that it makes me like concerned. Like it's not a concern. It isn't uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable because it's like these people are not the age that they're saying they are in the show, yet they're playing that age, yet they could have been fucking, and, and then the argument's going to be like, well, you ain't say shit when Tobey Maguire's 30-year-old ass was Spider-Man. That motherfucker was saving Earth. You tell me you didn't watch Spider-Man as a kid and didn't want to save the fucking planet. That's the problem with the, with the world now. Not even now. This has been a generational problem, and it will probably be that way till the asteroid hits the Earth and we all fucking die. <laughs> this episode's crazy, yo. I'm saying wild shit. It's going to be this way forever. And I'm going to say it. 
You have heroes. The Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's, the Minister Louis Farrakhan's, Jesus, Abraham, Moses, Job, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Lincoln Park. <laughs> I just wanted to add him there. Michael Jackson. Okay, maybe not Michael Jackson. You have these heroes. And you know their story. And the truth is, people just want to say that someone's their hero. Just to say that they have some sort of moral compass to lean on. It's all talk, is what I'm trying to say. People say that somebody's their hero when the message of their hero was to inspire people to live fearlessly to do to live in a way that that freed them to be in a way that was righteous to do things the right way to say fuck it and fuck you to the status quo when they want you to be a certain way to change the world you have to be different was the story of all of these leaders, all of these heroes you have changed the world. They changed the world. And the impact they left, we look at it, we admire it, and then we just say fuck you to them because we're nothing like them. And we don't want to be anything like them because we just want to be like everybody else. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We just want to do what everybody else does, and we want to live our lives saying, oh, yes, we love the leaders of our generations, of the generations of the past, but shit. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Everything is just, like, for the sake of talk. Everything is just for the sake of talk. Uh, this is my hero. I wish I could be like him. I wish I could be like her. Let me say some women. Ruth, Esther. Sojourner Truth, Angela Davis, Maya Angelou, Harriet, not Cleopatra, <laughs> although she was a significance of power, um, Joan of Arc, who else? Oprah. I mean, I don't know about Oprah either. Of course, there's far more women in history that are heroes. But that damn patriarchy. Listen. I, let me just end this shit on jackass talk. Because I went like a dark route. And it, it yeah, I didn't like that I just did that. Listen. Let me end it on Jackass because this second movie, the first movie was crazy as shit. And I was like, man, this feels good to watch. Like, I remember this shit. I remember watching this shit as a kid. And I remember how crazy as shit it was. And it felt so good to watch it again because this is shit that's not a thing anymore. The second one had like a, a pretty uh, offensive to nowadays joke where somebody dressed up as a as like a, a stereotypical type of terrorist guy 
like he had a bomb on him and he was like you know the i do not like this country like he had that accent and everything you know what i'm saying and um the prank was that he was going to get into a taxi and and like scare the guy and go into an airport kind of thing and like that would be the prank and but then the guys pranked him by first of all they made like a pube beard it was a pube beard and they uh they hired the taxi driver as an actor the guy from super troopers the main character they made him um basically he had like a fake gun and then he and then when like he's found out like kind of like the terrorist thing like that angle he took him into like an alleyway and started smacking the shit out of him and then pull out a gun made him go into the trunk and just scared him like they started acting like they shot like he got shot when he was in the trunk like crazy as shit yo and I'm a, I'm going to watch the third one today because I feel like it's totally necessary. I feel like it is 100% necessary. Yo, why is it like moisture on the microphone? What the fuck? I believe it's totally necessary. And I'm sorry for like did I just like touch the mic too much? Okay, I'm sorry about that, but <clears throat> I, I cuz I want to watch that that next one because Francis Ngannou he punches one of the guys in the nuts and he's wearing a cup, but he like punches him with a, with a boxing glove as hard as he can. Dude. And I already know that Francis didn't hit him as hard as he could. Cause they showed like the thing in, in like the, on YouTube, they showed the actual stunt like as a preview, but dude, come on. You don't get that shit anymore. I love that shit though, like that that crazy white boy shit. Go ahead, scarred was a moment. <coughs> that shit made people do crazy shit. I remember pissing on gas station floors and shit because of like like just because like yeah, uh, if I did that. <laughs> what if I pissed in the trash? What if I took a shit in the trash can? <laughs> what if I pissed in the trash can? What if I took a shit in the trash can? <laughs> like people were doing wild shit because of that, like this irreverent shit, just cause. This might be the episode that I cuss the most, and I'm sorry, mother. <laughs> I don't think she found the podcast yet, though. But I think that I think that we talked about enough topics for real. Like, I, I think I'm done. I was gonna bring up critical race theory, but <laughs> this isn't the episode for that. We might go next Friday because next episode is gonna be on Friday. Next Friday, we'll talk about some shit. We'll talk up. We'll get into depth about certain shit. We're getting on the train, no, not the train, but the plane, not the plane, but the ship, not the spaceship, but the motherfucking. We getting on the spaceship. We going to the moon, guys. We're getting things ready. Videos are coming soon. Listen, it's an exciting time to be part of this. Everybody who's part of this, I appreciate you. Everybody who has been sharing, caring. <laughs> And subscribe it. Everybody subscribe first and foremost. As soon as these YouTube videos pop, it's going nuts. It's going ape shit. And it's going ha me ha me ha to the moon. And so everybody subscribe. Share this shit to your friends. Share this, share everything. Everybody show love. Let's go. Peace. Forever.